This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Seven o'clock here on a beautiful Saturday in August. We welcome you to another edition of the Tee to Green Golf Show, live and on the air here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Thanks for being with us. We're uh, looking at the sunshine and the beautiful course here at Glen Oak Golf, Cor- Golf Club in East Amherst. And uh, we're with you for the next hour here uh, on WGR with the best spot for local golf talk in western New York. Got a jam-packed show, as we always do. Only uh, an hour to get everything in that we want to talk about uh, here from Glen Oak. Uh, the Olympics, in terms of the golf, wrapping up with the women. We'll talk about that here in just one moment. Uh, the men are playing in Memphis at the World Golf Invitational, the St. Jude Classic in Memphis. We'll have that with our PGA Tour leaderboard. We'll get our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, our Ryder Cup Report, Champions Tour Report, uh, and some other interesting news and notes here along the way. But we're at Glen Oak Golf Club. Uh, Brian Colsey along with PGA Pro Jeff Minas, Kevin Sylvester with the week off. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Good to see you. That's the best part of our job is we get to see the sunrise in all different spots in western New York as we travel around. It's a beautiful morning. Yes. We love coming here to Glen Oak, a, a proud sponsor of our show here on Tee to Green. And uh, Glen Oak was busy this morning. People coming in, getting ready to play. It was busy here yesterday. I was here in the morning for another successful drive chip and putt competition. Kudos to the Western York PGA and their staff and the volunteers uh, it was the second round of the sub-regional, and uh, congrats to all the girls and boys 
that participated and some that even are going on to the next round, which is uh, really cool. They're one step closer to going to the Masters. I know a lot of parents had a vested interest in how their kids were doing it. <laughs> Including yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd it go uh, for your son? Did he enjoy really, his day? He did. He, uh, he drove it as perfect as he could have. Dead three down the middle. Physically hit it as far as he could. Uh, chipped, I would say, fine. And then he didn't putt as well as he did the previous time. And that's where you make the he, points. He won the putting in his age group last week, and that's how he advanced. And this week, this yesterday, he didn't putt as well, uh, and that's why he's not moving on. But he finished, I think, fifth out of the twelve. And you know, these are all good players because yep. they all won their first, you know, their first round. So uh, he was in good spirits, and um, we had some nice food here afterwards. So that obviously picked things up. For, for you know, and for me, of course, that's that's a big part of the day. Um, the food, yeah. He yeah. does. He like the competition. Did he? Is that part of it that he enjoys? Yeah, I think yeah. he does. I mean, he's he well, he, he loves coming over and seeing his name on the leaderboard on the TV and checking everything out and everything. But everybody likes that. Yeah. yeah. But no, I was very. I, I he knew. I think after he was done, because he didn't putt as well, that he was like, ah, I don't know if that's enough or whatever. But he stayed and cheered on a couple of his other friends that he knew here that uh, that uh, were doing it. But uh, just a great event. And I I know not every. Not, um, there are volunteers that come over and give up their time to yep. do some scoring some guys and stuff from the like PGA that. Reach were here helping yeah. out. Yep. So it's very, very nice. Yeah. So we're here at Glen Oak, and uh, I'm sure many of you have played the course. It's looking great, and uh, we've got a couple of guests here from Glen Oak, the um, course owner and PGA Pro. We've had him on before. If you're a regular listener of the show, Tim Freeze. Tim, good morning. Morning, Bry. Morning, Jeff. Morning, Freezer. We're sitting outside the patio here by the yeah. fire pit over uh, overlooking the putting green. And the driving range, yep, watching all the activity. We're already hearing a few cuss words early this morning. It's a little early to get man on the golf keep, course. you got to be more optimistic close to us starting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan Googie, the course superintendent, is here as well. Dan, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Course looks great. Tim Tim takes a lot of credit for it, but uh, I guess you have a little to say in that, right? No, I don't. Oh, no. This is all. <laughs> is it all Dan? This is all Dan, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's awesome because he just he lets us do our thing and he encourages us to try new things and uh, has full confidence in what we're trying to do here. That's awesome. And, it, and I've been here for a few years and seen been around for a few years and seen the course change around. And I'd like to say ninety nine percent of that is Dan. And the greens have really improved. Dan, you're doing something pretty cool this uh, this summer with your greens as opposed to a typical aeration. Can you explain what you're going to be doing to the greens? Yeah, it's called dry jacked. It's uh, it's another form of verification. It's uh, inch and a half by inch and a half spacing. Typical airification might be two by two or two by three inch spacing. Uh, we're gonna get a thousand pounds of sand per thousand square feet compared to five to six hundred pounds of sand per thousand. Um, it's the nickname for the machine we chose is called the Top Changer. Mm -hmm. The holes only go two inches deep. They heal a lot faster. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get a uh, hundred tons of sand in just this one airification. And people always ask, why do we have to airify? I get that. If I have that question once in my life, I've had it 10,000 times. Why do we bother to airify? We did, 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 did. During the best time of the year, the greens are perfect. Now we're going to poke holes in them. Well, I know with the dry jack, it's a little different because it heals so much quicker. Mm -hmm. uh, but a typical airification, can you explain to people why people might need to airify? Yeah, the, the simple answer. Might need to. Yeah. Well, you, you, you need to. Yeah. Uh, the simple answer, it reduces compaction. Um, the biggest benefit I think is getting the oxygen to the root zone um, especially with a wet month of July we had you might see a lot of courses going out needle tining right now maybe spiking their greens um, and it's it's so minimally invasive 
you mow behind a, a process like spiking and you don't even know we were out there that morning mm -hmm. before you played but it's so important to get the oxygen down to those roots and let them breathe and compaction is because everybody's playing stepping on the greens all the equipment it, it forces that material down and then what happens water can't trick down trickle down to the roots or oxygen can't what what's the effect of compaction that's exactly it mm -hmm. um, it just it creates these anaerobic conditions uh, just below the surface in the root zone and ultimately it may end up you know uh, decreasing drainage or porosity um, and at the end of the day you just want a good putting surface yeah this but, is like a holiday Inn express here we're all about to get smarter so all the listeners yeah. out there that play golf that play on greens we're all about to get smarter yeah, you know, a lot of people are looking up anaerobic right now that's yeah. right <laughs> no we, we like to once or twice a year during our shows bring on course superintendents and dan nicely has uh, offered a few minutes here on his busy saturday morning to uh, to come over and explain some of the things that people normally have tim i'm sure you here is kind of the face of of the franchise here at Glen Oak, um, do get those questions a lot about airification or hey, wh why why did you do this out in the course or, or what why was the grass cut this way or, or why was this tree taken down this way or, or why did you guys decide to build up this here or that you know that sort of thing? I'm sure you get a lot of questions oh, like well, that. Well, when Jeff and I kind of got going here, we we had the USGA in and had an assessment, and yeah. and this is why we we just were so fortunate to find Dan. Um, and his, his mind and, and what he's thinking to try to, our commitment was the greens. Let's make them better first. And, and how do you do that? And he had such awesome, you know, thoughts and, and what we have, but it's a process. It takes it a takes while. Years. Yeah. You how have much? to be patient. Remember the what, thatch layer? We had oh a thatch layer that was. Can you explain what thatch is? Let's let Dan explain. Yeah, yeah we're not going to yeah, talk. Yeah, I, can, I can do it. It'll be what wrong. is that, Dan? In the simplest terms here for our listeners, what, what's thatch? It's just, it's a lot of decomposing materials that build up in that primary root zone right at the surface. Yep. And, you know, the aerification, you pull a core, it removes. You add the sand to those holes or like dry jack to what we're doing, and it dilutes the percentage of organic matter. And a lot of nutrients get bound up in there, and the drainage is, the surface drainage is the biggest key there to keep that under control. And greens with too much thatch are typically very spongy, correct? Correct. Yeah. Dan, what would be the, you know, that order if, for the listeners out there about a, is it, what's first? Health, uh, speed, smoothness, uh, which is first to get the others? It, it's a perfect balancing match. It really is because uh, an uh, unhealthy green is not going to perform well. I don't care how low you mow it, how often you're rolling, how dry it is. If it's not healthy, it's not going to perform. So you gotta, we do a lot of soil tests, tissue tests. Um, we know where our nutrients are and what nutrients we need. It'd be like taking a vitamin that you don't need for your body. Uh, you apply that same thought to the greens. You only apply what they need and then you can keep things in you know, your, your optimum ranges. And if they're healthy, they're going to perform. Dan Googie, the course superintendent here at Glen Oak, joining us. We're live at Glen Oak, of course, outside the beautiful patio, along with PGA Pro Jeff Medis and PGA Pro Tim Freeze. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for being with us here on WGR. We're uh, trying to educate you here on the first segment on what the golf course, you know, how, why does it look so great? You come to a place like Glen Oak, and, and Dan, obviously, this place gets a ton of play. Um, being a public course, being a popular course, being in Amherst, like people know that have played this course, there's a lot of rounds that get played on here. So... Um, the greens itself, I mean, obviously, you maybe you have a, a more challenge than other courses in the fact that you get so many rounds played out here. So uh, what is that like 
Uh, how many? What, 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 what's a busy day? How many rounds here, uh, Tim? A lot. Yeah, we're, we go between 240 and, and sometimes 300. And, and that would that computes to last year about 40, 41,000 rounds. This year we're kind of ahead of that a little bit. A typical private might do 20,000 on a, on a good year. Yeah, so we so have half the round. double compassion. Right. And, and so Dan can speak to what? So 300 rounds. Everybody's got two golf spikes on, walking all over the green. You're talking about tens of thousands of steps on every green every day. Yeah, there's some days it looks like a herd of elephants was out here running around. Uh, but that's, you know, double the ball marks, double the divots. It's everywhere from tee to green you see a great impact. Uh, the cart traffic on fairways, especially, again, going back to July, uh, it was a wet month. And you see a lot of these areas that aren't draining properly and they're, they just don't perform as well. What is, if you had, if every golfer in Western New York is listening right now, Let's hope they are. Which they are. Which they yeah, are. Yeah, this yeah. is a popular show, yeah. for sure. All over the world, actually. I agree. Right? Odyssey app. WGR550.com. Yes. You can listen anywhere. If you said, look, obviously you'd love to tell every golfer like 30 things. Hey, do this, do this, do this. If you could say, look, if you could just do this for me today, this would make my job so much easier. What To, to keep the course great for everybody, Like, what would your message be to, to a golfer showing up today? Don't say stay home. Right. <laughs> right, that's not an option. Number one would definitely be fix your ball marks. That's the most number one important Without thing. Without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. Fix yours and somebody else's. Uh, exactly. And if everyone's doing that, the, the greens are going to look tremendous, stay nice, and they're going to perform. You don't want to roll over you know, a 10-foot putt that bounces three times because you went over some unrepaired ball marks. And uh, just not repairing a ball mark under certain conditions, two to three hours later, that spot's already dead. Um, so waiting for the maintenance staff to do it the next day, it's most likely too late, especially during our short golf season. It's, uh, you know, we're getting up in the mid to upper 80s this weekend. Uh, ball marks, by the time you make the turn, some of your ball marks are already dead. Second thing would be fix your ball marks and repair your divots. I, I can't say ball marks enough. It's, it's really. So that's is, the thing. Yeah. So, so if you were, if, if you were going to really ask, is. you know, for, for improvement from, from golfers coming to play, if you said, look, guys, just at least one thing to improve, that would be it. The, for sure. Just ball marks. And, and we say it, you said it. it do, you don't have to, if you see one, even if it's not your shot, you can still repair it and make it better for everybody. Yeah, it's like the first thing you teach junior golfers, and it's like the first thing in etiquette is to repair your ball mark. And I'm still shocked when I go out there and find or play behind a group where you don't see anybody bend over and fix a ball mark all day. And, uh, you know, I'll often say something, but it, I, I don't understand how someone could go on the golf course and not be aware that that's something that's asked of them as a player that day. And what you're doing to the greens, too, is, uh, you know, we're trying to make them like a Hilton Head beach, right? So maybe that the more sand you put in, maybe that firmer surface, maybe that... The, the conditions that you're trying to give us here, it does help, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely. Uh, they'll heal a lot faster with the sand. With, with where we're at right now, um, just that quick little twist of the, your tool, will it will heal. And, and this is why you don't want to try to build a green in your backyard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. It's in. tough. But it can Call be custom turf and buy one of our <laughs> greens instead. Yes. How about riding carts? What's, what's your, your best advice for how people could help keep the golf course great that way? Just be aware of any traffic signs, any wherever you're you're trying to direct traffic. Um, stay out of puddles if it's if we're we're fortunate enough we have cart paths so we can get out there even on the, the wettest of days. But um, it's not always the case for a big event. Uh, just just be aware of where all the the ropes and stakes are and, and obey them. I know a lot of trees 
you guys have worked on here at Glen Oak. That seems to be a trend not only here at Glen Oak, but across other courses in western New York. Um, Tim, you can jump in on this too here, but um, just what's the thought process? I'm sure people visually, changes to the golf course, that's something that, that a golfer would see first, Tim, right? Coming here and saying, hey, there's a tree down here on number two yeah, or sure. whatever. And Trent Jones and the wonderful architects around here, Desmond Muirhead, Donald Ross, they design golf courses. Those, some of these trees weren't, well, most of them weren't there. Um, and Dan can speak to, you know, you can grow one of two things, either trees and there's no grass or a lot of grass and there's no trees. So basically it's the health of the golf course in a sense too, um, clearing up sunlight. And Dan can speak to, you know, that, that sunlight penetration. And Jeff and I have talked about this over the years around greens and tees. So Dan, kind of tell them why, uh, I mean, ash, the ash board just decimated Western New York, but there's a lot of other stuff out there too. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest improvements I think was the second green. We eliminated the trees to the left of the green, which was the eastern side of the green, and it gets sunlight now uh, first thing in the morning, whereas there were there were days we wouldn't see any sunlight on that green until about 9.30, 10 o'clock. And isn't uh, morning sun more important? Correct. Yeah, the, the turf has a lot more energy stored up to where it can actually absorb that sunlight, which is just so important for the the day's performance of that turf and its recovery that next night i think i don't know which one of you gave me the saying but there's a saying you don't you never see trees on a sod farm so yeah why are you planting trees right next to your greens or right next to your fairway yeah and the other thing is i think people plant trees forgetting that they grow as big as they do and they end up in you know in impinging encroaching on the on the hole and, and within 10 years and, and then all of a sudden they got a problem tree that's changed the hole yeah, you want, you want to understand the specimen tree you are planting, and it might look cute now when it's only six to eight feet tall, but, you know, 30 years from now when that tree's got a canopy that's 40, 50 feet big and it's overhanging the edge of a green, it's, you're asking for trouble. We're speaking to a lot of future board members that might want to throw some trees in certain spots and yeah. put names on them and all, so you, you really do have to, the specimen itself, what it is, um, some trees uh, attract bugs, some, we know we're going to be doing a lot more work out here just for the golf course itself as we look to and many courses do master plans and you just went through one before you got here at, at Wanaka a wonderful master plan um, trees are wonderful all around but there's we got plenty there's thousands so there's certain ones that we don't need in a sense and they might not be healthy or the right species yeah and the biggest part of what we're doing is really just eliminating what's already dead out there from the emerald ash bore uh, I know this region got crushed by it. I think East Amherst was one of the first areas to see the bug in western New York. And I mean, where we sit right now, you can probably see well over 200 trees that there's just no leaves on them. They're, they're, they're gone. They're, they're done. Now's yeah. the time to go out and take a look at these trees. And they're, they're really dangerous. Um, they come down on their own terms. So if, if we don't stay ahead of that, they're, they're going to come down anyways. Dan Googie, the course superintendent here at Glen Oak Golf Club in East Amherst, where we are broadcasting live outside on the patio here on Tee to Green. Brian Colziel, Jeff Medes, Tim Freeze with me here as well. Uh, Dan, let's finish with the speed of the greens. That's obviously something that uh, golfers like to chat about. Also, sometimes strikes fear in their eyes when they're fast. Um, what goes into your mindset in terms of how fast to make a green? Um, how much input do you get from Tim in terms of how he wants the course to play versus physically what you can and cannot do to keep it healthy and you know that sort of idea and keeping all that in balance that, that was a big part of where we took our approach to airification and all the other cultural practices on the greens uh, you know when I first started it, it took us a good seven to ten days to ramp up for an event and 
it was pretty complicated. Uh, sand today, none tomorrow, try to gear up. Now, uh, we live in that 10 and a half range with just a single cut. Um, and a lot of that is because of all the airification we've done. Ten and a half, tell the, the listeners uh, what the that is. So, yeah, yeah, that's on the stint meter. Um, you hear them talking about it on TV all the time. The greens are rolling at a 12. Uh, they're, they're fast. Uh, an 11 is a very respectful speed to have. Um, and that's we live in that ten and a half range. Um, we might amp up our rolling for a couple days leading up to an event. And we've had a few events this year where they, they were screaming. They were 11, 6, 12. Um, just from a few extra days of rolling and, and timing our What do you think the duster that's coming up? Our duster putting challenge yeah. in two weeks talk on about, the putting green. Talk about pressure on a super. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get that green ready. It's in two weeks. Uh, if we don't put any more water on this green from now until then, they, they'll be screaming. It'll, it'll, they'll be, it'll be running to 12 easy. You mentioned these numbers. What is, what is an average PGA Tour event speed for their greens? Uh, I, th- I think it still varies based on the course, um, but I mean they're they're going to be 11 to 12. I, I I might be completely wrong here, but I think even at the Open a couple weeks ago, I think they they were in that 10 and a half yeah. range, yeah. right? Correct. They yeah. weren't that fast, but they were beautiful. They were true, yeah. and there's you know some courses there's so much slope, anything more than that can be unfair. You can lose. 60% of your pinnable locations when they get too fast. Does pace of play also come into factor when you think about that? Uh, yeah, it, it certainly does. Um, you know, we might not have too many challenging pins out there. Um, a day we know that they're really fast and we want to keep them closer to the middle of the green, away from some false edges. And uh, yeah, you have to consider all, all that. I love putting on fast green. By the way, to me, that's the most fun in golf when the greens are rolling fast and true, and that's 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 the joy of getting out there and and trying to putt on every hole. I think it's the best, and that's why I'm looking forward to the duster. Well, just a, a week ago, well, two weeks ago, we had the Buffalo District, and Anthony Delasani did a wonderful job here and, and winning again. Well, just this past Monday, we had a nice event here, the the Western Air Classic, and I got to play with Anthony, and I that was a top three putting display I've ever seen and Anthony just felt very comfortable with the speed with the smoothness with the true he just felt comfortable on these on these greens because his left to rights he preferred over right to left but he's good enough to actually put it in that spot to make that putt and he made some nice comments and to, to Dan's work and then many superintendents around the area that really really try hard so you know if you're on a committee if you're if you're thinking and you're listening out there these these young men and women just really just bang it out and, and the greens health isn't that it isn't that uh, uh, a place where you want to be with your with your super so dan thank you very much just on the air for for all the work that you've done and all your and your crew it's been awesome thank you and i have one quick question too so you, it, it's hard to keep the greens at a high speed constantly right because mm-hmm. you're because you're putting stress on the grass or is that not the case anymore so uh, you know what i mean why wouldn't you keep them at 13 every day or 12 every day is there a reason that it, that that's not done at most at every golf facility yeah absolutely uh Again, I sound like a broken record, but July was a very difficult month. Um, we almost gave up rolling the entire month just because we were so wet. We didn't want to add any more compaction. Um, hold your head underwater, you can't breathe. That's what the greens were going through. Um, the whole course was going through that tee to green, and uh, it was it, it was a challenge. So we just we were happy living in that that ten to ten and a half range. Uh, keep them alive, keep them performing, so that when we get to this beautiful weather we finally got our summer back um they can perform well dan you asked uh, just real briefly you asked uh, maybe this fall um you, you call it deep tining so tees and fairways our, our fairways need that in many golf courses so all this is it's time and money and it's labor um maybe even just talk briefly about that oxygen trying to get 
what does it really take to have a healthy golf course from a country club to a public golf course? Um, what would it take to do our fairways and get that, you know, deep tying down? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a long process on fairways. Um, you know, you, you can contract it out and they come in. You got to shut the whole course down for a day. Um, I know a lot of clubs in this area do it, um, mostly the private clubs, but it you can do it in house and you might only get one or two holes done a day and then you're disrupting play you know for two weeks if you have the right weather for it but all the low-lying areas where you might have some poor drainage um, you, you saw some some damage over the last six weeks from the way the weather was but just poking those holes giving that turf a chance to breathe um, you might get two inches of rain and that deck whether you poke holes or not that's the difference whether that turf could survive awesome Dan Googie, the course superintendent here at Glen Oak, thanks for uh, educating us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Always put me on the spot. Yeah, appreciate it. And, and listen, just a message from me here, who's got much less expertise in this area, but if everybody just does their part as a golfer here, like we can keep all of our courses across Western New York great. As Dan said, you know, repair your ball mark, repair your ball mark, replace your divots, keep the carts out of where they're not supposed to be. If everybody kind of just does their part on that, I mean, then how simple it'll it'll be it'll make everybody's and it'll make Dan's job and every all the ground staff and crew their job easier. So if you see you see somebody out mowing, you see somebody out working on something in, on the course, give them a good thank you when you're playing here because obviously they do a, a great job to try to uh, to make it a great experience for everybody. That's what superintendents do. The the unseen guy behind the scenes there that makes everybody's day better. And replace those ball marks. Jeez, it's not that. Re repair those ball marks. I'm getting annoyed now. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dan. All right. We'll take a time out here from Glen Oak. Tim, you're going to stay with us, right? Absolutely. Sure. All right. We'll talk a little about Olympic golf. Um, why was C.T. Pan's bronze medal worth more than Xander's gold? We'll talk about that, too, as well. Cameron Smith set a putting record yesterday. At the World Golf Invitation, World Golf uh, Invitational event in Memphis, we'll have that as we roll on here with our PGA Tour Leader Award, our Western Europe PGA Tip of the Week, Ryder Cup Report, Champions Tour Report. We got a lot to get to here as we take our first time out from Glen Oak Golf Club in East Amherst. Thanks for being with us, along with PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Tim Freeze is with us here as well. I'm Brian Colziel, Corey Griswold back in our Amherst studios, and we thank you for listening. More T to Green coming up right after this. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more Tee to Green coming up. Back here on Tee to Green, it is time for our check of the PGA Tour leaderboard. The men this week are at the World Golf Championships, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. And Harris English, off to a great start. Through two rounds, he shot 62-65. He's got a two-shot lead on Cameron Smith and Abraham Anser. Uh, Smith shot a 62 yesterday with a putting record that we're going to get here to in just one moment. But English in first, Smith and Anser in second. And uh, some other names of note, Poulter, Burns, and Scheffler are three off the lead. They are at 10 under par. Bryson DeChambeau is in a tie for seventh. He is in ninth. Justin Thomas is in 13th. Dustin Johnson also in 13th. They're both six under par. Phil Mickelson with a nice day yesterday at 66. He's tied for 21st at minus five. Uh, other names of note here to pass along. Maybe Patrick Reed, three under. He's tied for 30th. Uh, Sergio tied for 38th. Colin Morikawa, of course, uh, is having an outstanding year. He's tied for 38th at two under par. 
Uh, Rory McIlroy continues to be the biggest tease in golf. Plays well, doesn't play well. 72, then goes to 66 yesterday. Uh, he's at two under par as well. Brooks Kepka is at one under. Jordan Spieth is even. Xander Shoffley, who won the gold at the Olympics, is at two over par, tied for 60. Uh, there's only 66 players in it. There's no cut. Everybody makes it this two through the weekend. So um, guys that uh, are uh, maybe struggling, you'll still see them at least play uh, this weekend. But uh, let's get to Cameron Smith first here. Unless there's something else you want to jump in on, on that. Uh, Nelly Corda. That's let's, what I like. Yes. All right. Let me get to that in a second. All right. Let, let's do Cameron Smith first. So yesterday in this tournament, Smith yesterday set tied a PGA Tour record for 18 putts in 18 holes. And there were four holes where he had labeled statistically zero putts. So, Tim, can you explain maybe a little bit more about zero putts? Doesn't necessarily mean he didn't putt the ball, but why would something be scored as zero putt? Yeah, you're on a green, you're using your putter. When you're off a green, you can use whatever you want. Now, just because you're a foot off the green, you can choose to use your putter. It's got a four degrees of loft. Mm -hmm, right. um, but you can use a hybrid. You can use whatever you want, a chipping. So, basically, the, the tour just, not because you use your putter, but he's off a green. He did make bunker shots. He made some chip shots. That's a zero putt. That's awesome. So, if he one putts other holes, super. So, I watched at the end yesterday. That was impressive. Yeah, 18 putts. Because anytime you're out, they have to have a delineation where to, where does putt you know if it's on the green it's a putt you could use your wedge on the putter or you could putt with your wedge if you're putting say you broke your putter in anger and you're putting with a wet that's counted as a putt when you're on the green and if you're 50 yards off like my father does with the texas wedge and uses his putter that doesn't count as a putt so, so any stroke on the putting green even if you're not using your putter that counts as a putt correct any stroke correct. off the putting green regardless of what you use that's not a putt correct so that's still not what you use it's just being on the putting green and okay. i've had some days i think the lowest i've ever had was maybe 24 putts in a round and i probably missed 14 greens that day or something and you're yeah. a good putter we were yeah. talking briefly with dan about putting surfaces and greens so when you got a surface that's really good these guys shine and Harris English, just watch highlights. He's just making a bunch of putts. That's the deal. It's fun when you feel it like that and you're just rolling them all in. Yeah, so four times he had zero putts yesterday, including back-to-back -back holes on the third and the fourth. But uh, rather he chipped in or, as you said, putted from the fringe and made it. But uh, either way, I mean. That's how you shoot good scores. Whether we debate whether the rule is good or not, I mean, how they scored around. Let's just face it. That's an incredible round. Not a surprise that he shot 62. Shots made for the putting green. How's that? Yeah. Amazing, for sure. Okay, you want to talk about Nelly Corda. We mentioned last week Xander Shoffley went into the weekend with a chance to win gold. He got it for the U.S. And then on the women's side at the Olympics, Nelly Corda gets it done. So uh, a really cool uh, men's, women's sweep of the gold medals here with Nelly Corda kind of being in control for most she had a day where she was trying to shoot 59. That got close. She didn't end up getting it. Uh, yesterday, a little back and forth. She's pulling away. That got tight. Pulling away got tight. She ends up winning by one. So congratulations to her. Yeah, number one player in the world. And if you want to emulate a golf swing, oh, my goodness gracious, go watch her swing on slow-mo for a couple times. And uh, I, I don't know if there's a better swing out there than hers. Freezer, you've seen her swing. Right? We, we talk about it, that, that if you want a good – the, the ball speeds at the, the at this point, the best women in the world probably emulate a lot of our, our golfers that we deal with, right? Mm -hmm. The women's golf swings are technically just better than the men. Yeah. Men get away with it with brute strength and blast it, gouge and, you know, bomb and gouge, but her swing. And, and then their short games are now getting better and better, so their mm -hmm. scores are. Because they're getting stronger and stronger, yep. Yeah, but they're playing golf courses, you know, 
mid 6,000 yards. They're, they're, you know, on most people's tees, uh, we use numbers, other folks use colors. That, that's that's the regular tees, we'll say, at many golf courses. I always laugh that a scratch golfer thinks they can beat a, a female tour player from the same tees. Good luck. Good, yeah, no chance. No chance. Nellie Corder will smoke yeah, you. Congratulations yeah. to her. It was, it was yeah. really good, really good golf. Yeah, she had a, a just a, a wonderful performance and uh, got it done. So congratulations to her at the Olympics. One of the Olympic uh, note here, uh, I mentioned Situ Pan, who won that wild seven-way playoff for the bronze medal, um, saw a story this week saying that, you know, how come his bronze was worth more than Xander Shoffley's winning gold? Jeff, you said you knew? Yeah, because his, con- his country gave him a lot more money to win a gold. I think uh, Xander Shoffley got like $17,000 yeah. to win the gold medal. Something like that. You so, have the numbers? Yeah, I do. So, so yeah, Pan won that seven-for-one spot for bronze. Chinese Tapei paid him $179,000 for winning that bronze, five times more than what Team USA paid Xander Shoffley for winning gold, which was about 37000 yeah. So that's, that's um, you know, financially, that's a nice job there for C.T. Pan. Rory made some comment. He goes, I've never tried harder to come in third. Yeah. Because this, you know, you have this medal for the rest of your life. Um, the guys are still, with the medals, you'd play for free, wouldn't you? I mean, there's oh, some yeah. of these uh, athletes, that's, that's cost. I love it. There. I was watching the, uh, falling asleep last night, I was watching the, um, the men's gold basketball game last night, and just how Kevin Durant has come back every year. Kevin Durant just signed, like, a billion-dollar contract. Like a Josh Allen contract. Yeah, like yeah. a Josh Allen contract. But for NBA, it's even bigger. He doesn't need a penny, and he comes over the Olympics every year. He's played in it now. He's the all-time leading scorer. But, I mean, he is legit, like, one of the faces of the NBA, and he is as rich as anybody, you know, in sports. But he comes to the Olympics every year, knows he's not going to get paid a penny, but he loves representing the country. I just, you know, I respect Durant for doing that. Wait, he gets 37000 um, when he wins a gold, though. He may. Yes, You're right. Yes. That, that's right, when he gets the gold. But with that being said, the comments that you heard from McElroy, the comments you heard from Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas yeah. that these guys going over there knowing, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not going over here for any financial reason at all. Yes, does it help their brand and does it help their popularity? Of course it does. But, like, so does every appearance that they do. But them going over there to represent their country, like, you can see Rory went a total 180, Tim, from what he thought about going. Remember when he didn't go to Rio in 2016? Yeah, and give him kudos for he reverses his initial thinking. There's a, there's hardly a better interview, him and Spieth, So I love listening to Rory and, exactly. and Spieth, yeah. But Rory but he reversed what he yeah. said. He goes, I was wrong. Yep. Yeah, right? Yeah, he came in with a almost a bad attitude and walked out saying it might have been his greatest golf experience ever. The cool thing is now, think of these guys. Next time the Olympics are coming up, that's a motivator now. Hey, i got to be on this Olympic team. I maybe got to play in another event to get my ranking up or whatever it is, however your country selects you. And I guarantee if Justin Thomas is offered a spot next time, he's going. How yeah. about Thomas, who's been around professional golf events his whole life with his dad being a PGA pro? Uh, he wins a major. He obviously now is great enough that he's going to be playing in all these majors for years to come. And he said... Like, the, in some sense, the presentation in the feel of this, he said, was even better than majors. I mean, that, that that's an, a big statement to make. Yeah, I sitting there and they're playing the national anthem and for your no country. fans, too. Yeah. Like, just think if there's fans there. Yeah. It would I, make it even better. Yeah, it's cool to hear them say that and catch that Olympic spirit. Uh, and and it's cool that Americans won. That's, I, th- I think, is, is it Paris next time? They're going to be know. playing golf or, you know, the Olympics. So, uh, what, what, Yes, in, Paris. And, yeah. of course, Ryder Cup is bouncing from here at Whistling Straits, going over to Rome. 
Um, the next time, so the, this international flavor for golf is really growing around the world, so that just enhances, you know, representing your country. Great uh, that you brought up the Ryder Cup. Let's get that in here now. Ryder Cup report brought to you by the Jumpa Agency, Main Street in Clarence. Uh, the top six right now that would be automatically on the team for the United States, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Xander Shoffley. Ouch. I don't want to play against them. That's a strong six. Yes. Now, here's your next six. Again, none of these spots are guaranteed. Spieth is seventh. Reed, eighth. English, who's playing great this week, ninth. Cantlay, tenth. Berger, eleventh. And Finau, twelfth. Is there anybody you want to kick off that list, Jeff? No. No, I, I well, like then all of them. You yes. take the top 12. Yeah, but then I'm sure there's somebody 13 to 18 okay. that I also want on my Now, do team. you do the, how about the European side? Oh. You want to take a look at that for a second? So there's some household names there, too. All right, yes, there are. Yes. Yeah, so if we switch to Europe, right now, their top group, Rom 1, McElroy 2, Hovland 3, Hatton 4, Casey 5, Fitzpatrick 6, Westwood 7, Fleetwood 8, Lowry 9, and Perez 10. Oh, I think gonna, we have them on paper. We're going to kick their butts. This is a no-brainer. You said that now, before. Though. You look down in the teens, and here's where I'm thinking captain's picks are coming. You got Poulter at 14, Garcia at 15, Rose at 16. Like, you yeah, got. I don't it. think Garcia makes it this time. He hasn't done much. He hasn't played well this year. He may, he may not. But yeah. he'll definitely, if he's not picked, he'll be like one of the vice captains or whatever. He'll be around. Yeah. This is around the corner. We'll yeah, be at Whistling Straits yep. next month. Yeah, what a month and a half away, right? The it? end of September at Whistling Straits. Have you been to Whistling Straits, Tim? Yes, I have. Tell PGA us a little bit about that. And it's, it's, oh. it's visually, you feel like you're playing on the ocean. It's. It's awesome golf. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's great. So it'll be a great match play with these guys because there's so many options on so many holes. That's, it's, it's an American course yeah. that's got uh, some European features to it, but they're going to be mowing the fairways. They're not going to be cutting you off so our bombers can, can let it go. But Rom can bomb it, too. So. Yeah. We, uh, we got in the, the men. We got in the women. Let's get in the Champions Tour players now. The Champions Tour report brought to you by Donald Ross Clothing, the world's finest golf apparel uh, no Champions Tour event this week. They didn't want to go against the Olympics. Next week is the Shaw Charity Classic. Uh, so we'll have a, a report on what's going on. I say, your Donald Ross apparel here, you know, looks oh. pretty sharp. Thank you. I, mean, yeah. I got the I nice know you little guys got uh, swag and kind of talked about it. I guess. So. Maybe yeah. myself. That's yep. right. Yep. It's looking good. Thank you to Donald Ross. Okay, time out. When we come back, we'll get our Western New York PGA tip of the week. A couple other news and notes that uh, I want to bring along here as well as uh, we roll on from Glen Oak Golf Club, along with PGA Pro Jeff Metis, PGA Pro Tim Freeze. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for listening. More TD Green from Glen Oak Golf Club here in East Amherst right after this on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tee to Green coming up. Listen up, golfers. It's time for our tip of the week, brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. We are back here on Tee to Green, live from Glen Oak Golf Club, outside here on the beautiful patio, right next to the fire pit. It's warm enough. We don't. I guess we probably don't need it on right now, Tim. We can turn it off, sure. Just That's for atmosphere. Just, yeah. A, yeah. It is setting the mood beautifully for radio, for right? The, for three of us to get cozy around the fire this morning, yes. Oh, it's, it's a gorgeous day here at Glen Oak. We appreciate you being with us here on TD Green, along with PGA Pro Jeff Metis and PGA Pro Tim Freeze. I'm Brian Colziel. Uh, we are uh, going to get now to our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, as you heard. And we thought we would talk a little bit about 
something maybe that you might need to do on the golf course at some point, and that is shaping your shots. What if it has to go left to right? What if it has to go right to left? And you've got to do a little shaping here. You know, for my case, Tim, maybe sometimes, you know, I got to go around a tree and I need it to go left to right or right to left here. Or, But, you know, ideally, if you can do both, if, if you can hit a shot either way, that uh, increases your chances of scoring well throughout the course of your round here. So uh, what's what's some of the things that you should be thinking about here about shaping your shots here? Maybe especially, maybe just let's start with approaches into greens here. If I need to go left to right or right to left, what should I be thinking? Yeah, and as Jeff and I play competitive golf, um, you like to take a ball from the middle of the green and shape it out to the holes. That way you're kind of safe. It's all about the club face, controlling your club face like a ping pong paddle or a tennis racket. If you control your face, that curves the ball. So if you're a big left to right guy, practice your left to rights. And, and as Jeff can attest to, if you control that ball, uh, you you basically can put yourself in position to score better. Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> I always think it's about controlling your misses. Like good players aren't going to miss it where they shouldn't miss it. And say to hook the ball, the thing you need to understand as a right-handed golfer to hook the ball, all your club face just has to be closed to the path it's traveling on. So some people will pull their right foot back, aim right, close their blade, try to come in shallow. To me, that's a bit of a harder way to, to curve the ball and to do the opposite. Um, I, I think in the what I've learned teaching people is is the progress of a good player. At some point, they always sliced it, and at some point, they hooked it. So you, if you can't hit a slice, or if you say the advice I always give somebody is, ah, I'm hitting. Brian had this question. I'm hitting the ball high and right all the time. Well, go out on the range and practice hitting it low left. Um, exaggerate the opposite of what your miss is and practice trying to curve the ball on the range. It's tough to get out there on the golf course if you've never practiced trying to hit a hook or a slice and just get up there and let one rip. Um, so you know, get on the range and try to hit balls with a curve. Everybody has a, a shot they go to too. You know, most, Very few people hit the ball straight. You're either going to hit a draw or a fade. Make sure you work the opposite end too because sometimes those draws turn into hooks and sometimes those fades turn into slices and without practicing the opposite I think you tend to exaggerate that move a little bit and, and you can get a little bit of trouble. Yeah whether you're going to your uh, your club that you belong to this morning or you're going to go to a public place and pay your 10 bucks for a bucket of balls the, when you're warmed up hit a couple of balls and I want you to hit the biggest slice you can and the biggest hook you can and then once you f do that and feel it the straight one can happen easier or a softer curve but you got to see your exaggerations hit a big hook have some fun hit a big slice play a game with your friend on the range watch this one right. you know kind of say that and then you'll see what center can be but you got to figure it out it's tougher to curve the ball now than it was 20 years ago when we had balladas and well, the PGA balls and club manufacturers are making it hard to curve it right but um i do think you know don't what i don't want people to do is change their grip to hit a to change their shot shape don't weaken your grip to hit a fade don't strengthen your grip to hit a draw just work on the path or make sure your blade is a little more closed on the way down to hit a draw and a little more open on the way down to hit a fade. That, that's kind of how I think of it. And Tim's right. You know, the best players in the world, if the pin's on the right, they're aiming at the center and they're fading it to the right pin. If it doesn't fade, that's great. Fine. It's you're in, still the in the center. Yeah. Right. If it fades a little, you're right there. Um, the other thing good players will talk about is crossing the line with their shots. So if I have a target out there on the range and say it's 150 yards and I've got my wedge yeah right <laughs> so i'm hitting my seven iron or eight iron into there and i'm trying to hit a draw i don't want that ball to cross across the flag i want that ball to always be rolling towards the target or finish right of the target through all those shots so it's always working 
towards the hole. Once it crosses my target line, it's working away from the hole. Does and that, that make sense? And that becomes short-sighted on greens and, right. and, and higher scores, absolutely. And sure. didn't Nicholas say when he won the 86 Masters, he crossed the line twice in 72 holes or something Yeah, he like crossed that. the line twice and he tapped it in from a foot because yeah. you crossed the line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly Yeah, but that's a good way, you know, and I think that's really good advice is if you are struggling with a, a hook or a fade, practice the opposite on the range and, and yep. you'll learn to get that club face in a better position. Exaggerate sure. the opposite. One thing, too, I know just from the couple times you were working with my son this year too you had told him like hey now start to learn to hit those other shots so you know when we come out here to the range tim we say all right see that number seven you know let's try and let's try and cut it right around it here you know let, like let's yeah. hit a shot there it's got to be left of the number seven but we want it to end up on the right side when it hits the ground you know like try just having fun on the range different things to do like that but to learn those shots sometimes look at let's face it i mean i'll hit a drive it's not in the middle and I've got a tree in the way, and I'm like, all right, I got to start it out left, but I actually want it to end up right, and you know, keep it low and a punch out. Like these are the shots on the range you should, you can be trying, and you visualize that stuff. That yeah. helps. What was what was Tiger's routine before each round? You know, he hits the nine shots, the low center, the medium center, the, and a draw, a hook. You know, if there's nine different shots on the golf course, and he would warm up by hitting nine shots. I think you do the same thing, Freezer. You know, it's something easy to do. You've all got uh, alignment rods out there. If you don't, just grab one. It helps you. You know, when you line up um, for your for your path, but take five steps stand put it out in front of you when you're on a range mm -hmm. and try to hit to the right of that alignment rod and then hook it try to hit it to the left of that alignment rod because when you're on the golf course mm -hmm. and you want to hit it around a tree you need to start it so learning how to curve a ball you're going to have to do it out there yep. so put it on the range and practice that right that, on your target line absolutely yep. five right ten feet and the bad miss is a hook that starts left or a fade that starts right bingo typically if a hook starts right it's not going to be super bad if right, it so starts right. left as a fade it's usually not going to be super bad it's when they go left to left with the hooks that's bad yeah we've yeah. all had those yeah, yeah they're, they're no fun double cross yes great advice there from tim and jeff with our western new york pga tip of the week you can get yourself ready to to start golf get involved in the game volunteer do whatever you want to do go to wnypga.com they've got events there you want to get your your kids involved you can go there as well um junior golf doubles golf all these different events uh, wnypga.com by the way wny wnypga.com is also a spot you can register for our duster putting challenge the western pga uh, we're going to be here saturday august 21st uh we've got like single digit spots left yeah very few spots so left. if you haven't signed up yet you may have heard the promo running on the station this week um sign up go to wnypga.com go over to where it says tournaments Click on that tab and then go down to August 21st, and the duster's right there. It's a $30 donation to the PGA Reach Foundation, uh, a great charity that we love raising money for. Uh, we're going to have music. You're going to get dinner. You're going to have drinks. We're going to have prizes, a raffle, 50-50, and we're going to crown Western New York's best putter. And after the show, we're going out and getting to set up the course, the routing plan. For That's this. right. Yeah. Looking forward to doing that. Diabolical. Yes. Yeah, Dan might set up a few superintendents revenge, revenge holes. <laughs> yes, Ooh. yes. It is a fun, fun night, though. It's a fun time. It really is. And again, you know, yes, we're crowning Western New York's best putter, but you don't have to be a putter. You don't even have to be like, if, if you're sitting, well, I'm not really like a hardcore golfer. You don't even have to be that. Just come on out and have, you know, you can have a great time. Uh, if you can't participate in the event, but you want to donate to the REACH, uh, there's a spot for that as well on the registration site. Uh, or even if you just want to come out and watch 
Tim, they could do that, right? Come out yeah. and hang out on the patio, yeah. or Jeff come out and I are on this Reach Foundation board. Yeah. It's just it's just doing some cool things, and some very nice people are doing great things for us. Uh, so to come out and make a donation, that that'd be great. And I want to watch these putters. I want to watch this uh, shotgun thing we're going to do. I want to watch that match play. Hey, let's see how you do when the red light's on. Yeah, That's it does get fun when it gets down to the last couple players and the lights are on. Yeah, we turn the lights on. Neat. Yeah. So we'll be out here on Saturday, August 21st. It all starts at six o'clock. Uh, again, uh, I'll tweet out the link here uh, when we get off the air in a few minutes uh, at Brian WGR if you want to sign up. We've just got a few spots left. Okay, two things to get to here before we go. I want to give a shout-out to uh, one of the members at my home club at Pendleton Creek Golf Club, Vaso Croto. She had a hole-in-one on the 18th hole this week. I saw that. That's pretty cool. cool. It's a tough hole, too. So, so congrats to her. It's got that big false front. You hit over water. Uh, so, Vaso, great job on your hole-in-one at Pendleton Creek this week uh, on number 18. Also here now, this this story, for all you single guys out there, pay attention. I'm listening. Okay, so this single guy, his name is Todd. First of all, do we all, let's just, let's put Todd away for a second. Unsolicited golf swing advice, isn't it the one of the worst things already? Yeah, if like, someone that, keep your head down. Right, yeah. and <laughs> hey, you know what you need to do here? Like, yeah. we've all played with those guys, like. Oh, my dad does it to me. All the, All the time. He was out here yesterday. Was he? Okay, so Tinder, the dating app. So this guy named Todd is actually giving swing advice on Tinder uh, to this lady by the name of Anya. Well, her name is Anya Alvarez, and she's a former LPGA player. And now she actually is the CEO and founder of MajorLeagueGirlsGolf.com, a website that promotes women's sports. Um, she earned her card. She played on the LPGA Tour uh, in 2014. A very good golfer, college golfer. Um, so she happened to be posting a video or something on Tinder. Todd writes, bring those hands in like two to three inches closer to your body. It'll help unflatten your swing a little bit. Get you more distance with a big smiley face. Unflatten her swing. Sounds like a PGA professional. So wow. she wrote back, only responding because I played golf on the LPGA Tour I'll make sure to take, the, take these tips into consideration and hit it further when I did when I played on the tour when I was in the top 10 in driving distance. So, Todd, <laughs> if, you're if you're listening, Todd, uh, when you're on Tinder, maybe avoid golf swing advice because you never know. You might be giving advice to a former LPGA player. And mansplaining never does any good <laughs> anyway, just, just so you know. Yeah. 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 And on a, on a less happy note, uh, the Western New York PGA and the, and the community in Western New York lost a really good friend this week. Bob Gosh passed away. Uh, PGA professional um, had Discover Golf and Fitness. Just a, a great guy, a great guy to play golf with. And uh, I just I, I wanted to take a moment to send condolences out to to his family. For It's a tragic loss, and uh, there's a hole in all our hearts in Western New York PGA community and the Western New York fitness community because of the loss of Bob. And, and just con uh, condolences to to his wife and his to kids. Karen and the family. Yeah, yeah was Bob a was going to be week. truly missed. Yeah, he's a wonderful man. I've trained with him plenty, and so many out there listening could have trained with Bob. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a tough one. I worked with him for a couple winters Great and guy. spent a lot a lot of time with him. Good man. Good yep. man. Good words there, gentlemen. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, thanks for having us here again, Tim. Thanks, Brian. Absolutely. Right. This is uh, it's always fun. Yeah, it was a fun show. Me? Yeah. Yep. Now we're going to go out and uh, design the the eighteen holes for the duster. You ready? We're going to be part of the master plan of the Duster Challenge. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. You, you want to design a course? Here we go. We're going oh, to go do it. Kevin's going to be so mad he's not here this week. I know. Week. Yes, he's yes. going to be missing out. 
Thank you for listening. We'll have the entire show up on our on-demand audio section. Corey literally gets it up like within seconds after we're off the air. So kudos to Corey Griswold. Corey, thank you for your work back in our Amherst studios. Thanks to Dan Googie earlier, the Glen Oak superintendent, for joining us. And for Jeff Medes and Tim Freeze, I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for listening. T to Green, we're with you every Saturday. We'll talk to you next Saturday at 7 right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.